This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Blues Focus Podcast with Tommy Kelsall, Jamie Lawler and Zach Woods. Season 3, Episode 27. Hello and welcome back to the Blues Focus Podcast with me, Tommy Kelsall, Jamie Lawler and Zach Woods. Uh, in today's episode we will be reflecting on the defeat to Huddersfield yesterday, second defeat in a row, uh, Neil Warnock getting off to the perfect start as the new manager. Uh, did we deserve to lose? Uh, were we unlucky or we, or are we in need of a bit of a kick up the arse, to be honest? Um, and look ahead to Blues' Tuesday night game against Norwich City. Uh, all of this, though, at least the Villa lost again at the weekend. So uh, they spent all that money on Coutinho and Emery, still 11th and losing to Stevenage in the FA Cup. So there's at least that to be happy about. Um, but yeah, back to Huddersfield. Zach, do you want to walk us through your thoughts before, you, uh, before the game got underway yesterday? Yeah, um, before the game got underway yesterday, I certainly wasn't confident. I think we said on the last pod, I both think both myself and Tommy said a 2-1 loss and it turned out to be a 2-1 loss. Um, yeah, it was just such a a disappointing game again. I mentioned this in my reaction video, but zero points out of a possible six against both Cardiff and Huddersfield is awful. Like, genuinely awful. They are Huddersfield is still in the relegation zone despite their win. Uh, yesterday, Cardiff are just slightly above the relegation zone. Performance-wise, it was poor. It really was poor. The last 15 minutes, I thought we started to pile on the pressure, but that's expected because Huddersfield were naturally going to sit back. We're obviously going to go for that goal. Um, but other than the last 15 minutes, it was just another... It was a dire performance. It had no no passion, no energy, no drive. We created a few chances. That's There, there are one or two positives yesterday, one of which is we did create a few chances thought there were a few good individual performances, which we'll get on to later. But aside from that, it's just another flat, flat game for Blues. And at the end of the day, this is a, a results-based business. And it's, it's regardless of how we played or individual performances, it's, it's, it's another loss to add to the ever-growing tally. So, yeah, not good. Jamie, another loss. Does that mean a relegation battle? I don't think we're quite in a relegation battle yet. However, it's a... Need to do something very quickly and start getting points on the board again. Like even a point yesterday would have been a bit more respectable, and you kind of pushing yourself a bit further away from the danger zone. But you've gone from winning two great games that you shouldn't have got anything from, and now we've dropped the ball and lost two in a row against two teams that should be going down. And we've just basically opened up the whole bottom six of the table again for everyone. Mm. Now, and you know, instead of just having them cemented teams going, they're gone, they're gone, they're gone. You kind of gone, ah. No, no, they're not. The most, the most infuriating thing in the world is going to be watch us have the fucking performance of the season on Tuesday at White Norwich. I'm going to lose my. I'll be happy. Don't get me wrong. If we win, I'm not going to be furious that we won. But I'm going to be like, what? Again, like. So it's one of them. <clears throat> we look dejected. Apparently, we don't look like we're with it. We just we're having 17 or 18 shots, but stupid angles and not. You know what I mean? In, uh, it's just infuriating, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I don't think that yesterday was that bad, to be honest. It was an entertaining game. Uh, we did well in the first half. We did took the games to them in the first opening 10 minutes. Got the goal. Did well. They got a great equaliser. So I thought the first half was decent. 
I don't know what happened in the second half, though. We just came out and we just didn't look like the same team that was out in the first half. We're like, I don't know whether we looked a bit tired or whatever. We just didn't seem to carry that same threat or at least have the same way about us in the first half. And that sort of showed by the fact that we just kept keeping the ball, trying not to lose it. And when we did lose it, we looked like we were vulnerable as soon as they got the ball in our area. Um, and they, they scored very soon after the second half got underway again. And yeah, it didn't look like a threat at all afterwards, really. I mean, Dini had a couple of chances. He hit the post, didn't he? Just before he did, they made yeah. 2-1 as well, which is more annoying. Yeah, that's just of a proof of us not taking our chances, really. Yeah, I don't disagree at all. I think um, I, I agree in that the second half was worse than the first, but I still wouldn't say the first half was great. I mean, I, I think, yes, we created chances yesterday, and I think that's a positive. But in terms of just, like, keeping the ball, like, very few times we've strung more than four or five passes together in both halves. And if we did, it was normally around the defensive third. Everything just seemed to fizzle out, and that's that's been happening in every single game we play recently. Let's be honest, I think... West Brom seems a bit of a needle in a haystack in that it was just a one-off performance and it really feels that way at the moment because two losses on the bounce against, as you said, Jamie, a really good chance to wheel away from the relegation zone and we haven't taken it at all. I mean, Blackpool beat Stoke yesterday 1-0 as well, so it's a good result. For the teams doing, the teams down there are doing all right now, but we're just, oh, like, our performances are so deflated and the results are just as bad as the performances. It's nothing seems to be going well at the moment. It's I'm sure we'll get on it to it a bit more later, but just the team and Eustace need to try and pick things up because it's it really isn't good enough. It's it's the same old story every season. I think that's what's infuriating the most, though, isn't it? Like you were saying, is that like that performance against West Brom is a needle in a haystack? Where the fuck is the effort though you put in against West Brom against Huddersfield? Where's that gone? I think it's still there. I do think it's still there. I just don't think that they can perform to that standard every week. And like you say, it's a needle in the haystack performance. Well, but there again, yeah, it's just it's just how football goes sometimes, though. And like I can see they're putting in the performances, uh, putting in the efforts. It's just that the performances that we're getting out isn't quite the level that it was yeah. against the Albion. I don't know. It's difficult to say because it is so inconsistent. Like we can play. Like I said this on a podcast a couple of uh, episodes ago, like we'll we'll probably lose to Cardiff and Huddersfield, and we'll probably beat Norwich now. It's for some reason it's just the way that we roll. For some reason, I've no yeah. idea. We've always seemed to have done it. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think uh, I agree with you in that the the effort levels. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh. I agree the effort's still there. You can see him working hard. You can see him putting in these good performance but but or the, the good amounts of energy but then why are the performances not there why against West Brom do we have one of the best blues games I've seen in a long time and then we show up at Cardiff and Huddersfield and they're they are not even mediocre performances they're dreadful performances and it's infuriating because this is a very very inconsistent team very inconsistent and it's frustrating because I think the players on that team sheet suggest we should be higher in the league we've got some very very good players in that Blues team we really do and they're underperforming at the moment they weren't prior to the World Cup but since the World Cup they are heavily underperforming pretty much all of them and why is that happening is it mentality are we up for the big games are we motivated for them and then when it comes to the smaller teams or the weaker teams that we should be beating, we're screwing things up. Like, what is going on? Because I agree with you, the energy and effort seems about the same most games. So why is there such a contrasting quality between the West Brom game and then the Huddersfield and Cardiff games? It makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, the the Cardiff game wasn't... Well, the, the Huddersfield game wasn't as bad as the Cardiff game. I yeah. think that's the sort of no, way I'm approaching it. It's like we were awful against Cardiff, you know, couldn't pass a six-yard pass. But we did make some good chances against Huddersfield, and I feel like um, players like Chong and Bakuna, and you know, we we're putting in good efforts. You know, I definitely don't doubt that. Um, I just want more from them though, because like Chong, in a couple of times in the in the second half yesterday when he came on, um, he really could have got at some players and really could have gone for them really and taken on the chances. And he had a shot um, after a bit of a calamitous corner. Um, that was well saved by the keeper in the end. But, you know, more of that, really. I know that, Jamie, you said that um, we had a few chances and just took them from ridiculous places out. But I don't think that's a bad idea, really, because it no, does no, no. create its chances. Better. Don't get me wrong. Like, I can't... I look like a massive hypocrite, don't I? Literally four days ago, I'm sat on this podcast going, just fucking shoot! Like, what are you <laughs> dicking about with the ball? And now I'm whinging that we get... But do you know what I mean? Like, it's just... 
we're getting into good positions and then we're just like flapping it at the last second and stuff like they're on Troy scored yesterday, that's who Troy scoring. But then at the same time he's picked up the ball one on one and lifted it over the net and you're just like, Oh, Troy two years ago doesn't do that. Come on. Like it's just mm. them little moments in the game where you're like, it's just not going our way. It's just not going our way. But like you said, and reflecting on it, I am so much more forgiven at losing to Huddersfield than Cardiff because, yeah, the effort was there, I suppose, this time mm. we pressed higher. We actually went for it. It's just shocking defensive goals to concede again. Yeah, Great you know finishes. I'm not taking away from how good the finishes were, but to get into that position was just like, fuck off. Like, it's <laughs> Yeah, the finishes were class. For we both finishes were really Mm. Yeah, it's both both goals yesterday for Huddersfield were really well taken. I thought both mm-hmm. of them were fantastic goals, but the fact that they that both players got into those positions in the first place, both should have been avoided. Um, for the first goal, he should have been pressed far quicker, and for the second goal, it was just a bit too soft from Colin. I think it just seemed to go over his head with ease and seemed to be burnt for pace with ease. So yeah, infuriating goals to to let in. Mm. Uh, we've got an early question here from Paul. Uh, should Hall replace Hogan for a spell up front? I think he could play there. Offers great pace. Also, we are in a relegation battle, so a one in a seven, a seven out of eight game luxury player like Bakuna probably shouldn't, uh, but shouldn't be playing going forward. Uh, I actually just <laughs> cut off the end bit of the questions. Let me let it roll around for a bit. Uh, can only be an impact player from the bench now. Interesting. What do you think to that? Yeah, I I don't disagree. I think um, Hogan has been uh, dreadful, dreadful since um, coming back from injury. And I'm, I'm just being completely honest. He, there is absolutely no presence. He offers little to nothing at the moment, and it's such a shame because Hogan, when he's on form, like he was at the start of the season, is a superb striker. When he presses from the front, when his finishing's on point, he offers so much to this Blues team. Since the World Cup, he's been very poor. I hardly noticed him yesterday. I hardly noticed him against Cardiff. There's not been one game that I've hardly noticed Scott Hogan. And it's infuriating because there is a very, very good player in Scott Hogan. And at the moment, he's not performing. So, yeah, I'd I 100% be happy to see George Hall have a go um, instead of Scott Hogan. Um, but that's not to say oh, Hogan has lost his place in this team. He doesn't deserve his place in this team because we know Hogan is a very good striker on his day. So haul in for Hogan for now. Why not try it? Because it's not working. And in terms of Bakuna, did that say Bakuna shouldn't be starting? Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. I think Bakuna's been thought he was all right yesterday, to be fair. I thought him, Dini and Chong were some of the brightest sparks. And there's been a few games recently where I'd say Bakuna's been putting in decent performances. Don't get me wrong, he's not been um prime Bakuna, the best he could possibly be, but he's 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 been okay. I think we've said it before, Bakuna, he'll either have a 2 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10 and nowhere in between. Yeah. So it's it's difficult. Maybe Bakuna deserves a rest because he's been playing a bit recently, um, but now Bielik could potentially be injured and the look of the severity of it, it could be for a while, then Bakuna just might be automatically starting. I've stunned you guys. That was such a good response. What can I say? What can I, I say? I don't know if Tommy wants to go first or he wants okay. to fire in. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll throw a thing in there. Um, Jordan James, again, where is he? Why Why are we not playing him? Yeah. So if we're thinking of dropping Bakuna and moving Hall up front and perhaps switching the formation perhaps and making a 4-2-3-1, where's Jordan James? You know, the kid has been massively underplayed this season for someone who was our... Um, young player of the season last season and who was worked his socks off last season barely has even seen this season so get him in the team if we are going to have midfield issues start playing some of them because I've noticed I think it's is it Ryan Sirk who's gone to Bromley recently yeah I was thinking he was at Mansfield last season doing a pretty decent job but he was full of praise of Ryan Sirk and yet we never gave him any chances in the first team as well. It's like we make good players and we never play them. It's the same with Jordan James now. It's like if Bakuna isn't in form and Bielik is perhaps out for a few months because we all know how injury prone he is, <laughs> then give him a start. You know, they give him some chances, you know, because he got an equaliser against Blackburn. He just, he's a fantastic ball playing midfielder, so give him a chance. Um, as for Hall going up front instead of Hogan, I don't like playing wide players up front. I always think that's a bit of a risk. He's great going forward, but I'd keep him in that wide area. I think that's where he's most I think, effective. I think Hall 
pretty much plays fairly centrally, does he not? When he comes on, he seems to be yeah. in behind the strikers, I'd say. He can play wide, yes, but I think he tends to play more in behind the strikers. I think moving him forward could be a good shout because he is a quick player um, mm. and he's a slight player. And I think someone like that next to Dini could be a, or Djukovic could be a, a good option, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know, Jamie, do you think that's like a wise idea? Is, is he a centre forward in your mind? Uh, George Hall is still young, trying to find where his position truly is. I think he has a lot of attributes that can help a lot of the pitch. So I don't think it's harmful to play him up front. Um, however, I am yet again going to fucking protest the play the four-two-three-one or the fucking 4 3 play big bastard Duke up front and play mm-hmm. some pace around him. I think this... Yeah, I think rest Scott. Scott needs a rest. You brought him back clearly two weeks early from an injury. Stop being scared and play a 4-2-3-1 for the love of God. If Felix injured, okay, fine. Whack Jordan James and Hannibal as the two holding midfielders. Put Bakuna in. If you've got to play Bakuna, that's fine. Maybe Bakuna will do a job in that freelancing seat, centre attacking mid-roll. Bring George Hall in one side and bring Chong in the other. Because what else have we got at the minute? Kedra's injured. Scott Hogan's injured. I'm sure, come to think of it, Scott Hogan was fully injured when we got Kedra in. So mm. maybe Kedra was the answer to Scott Hogan, and now it's just unfortunate that Kedra's injured and we're fucked for a pacey striker at the minute. Deedy might be injured too. He went off yesterday yeah. as well. He did, yeah. He didn't look he as severe as Felix, but he no. he could be injured, yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think I said it on the last pod, I think, but I if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If it is... The changes are needed and changes are needed at the moment. So let's try something completely different. Let's go George Hall up front. Let's start Jordan James. Maybe that's a bit too young. Maybe we need a bit more experience, but something different is needed because what we're doing at the moment is not working. Two part, a question from FPL Blue Nose. Uh, first part, I'll read the second part out later. Boys, can I get your, can I have your true unfiltered thoughts on Bakuna? I think he's really let us down in the last few weeks, ignoring the cross for Dini yesterday. Very poor. Jamie, you were cracking your knuckles at that. Do you want to start us off? <laughs> he's been shit, right? Like, I'm sorry. And I know he's had good moments here and there, but fuck, he just tries, and he's a luxury footballer, and I get that, but he infuriates me. It's his work rate that angers me defensively. We concede so many goals because Paul Maxine gets left 2v1 because he can't be fucked to track back, and it drives me insane. That's what I'm saying. If you're going to play him, play him at an attacking midfield free roll where he can just have fun, turn on the half spin, and knock him out because he's fantastic at passing, fantastic going forward, but he can be very questionable with his work rate defensively at times. But arguably, also our most technical footballer at Birmingham City, so it's really irritating. And yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong, I, the cross, he was he, the fucking shit cross that somehow turned into a goal. There is no way Bakuna is walking in that dressing room going, Yeah, man, that would practice that in training every week. Then we like, oh, piss off. Yeah, I'm with you on that one because it was a strange goal. I was surprised it went in. It was Hogan scary. missed it and Dean has gone sound. <laughs> yeah. I didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Bakuna's been okay of late and I might have a lot of abuse for that, but I thought he was decent yesterday. I thought he was good in the home tie against Blackburn in the FA Cup. I thought he was very good against West Brom. Hmm. I think Bakuna's slightly being harshly critiqued at the moment. Yes, he's an an infuriating player at times because he'll hold the ball for a second or two too long or he'll try a skill that doesn't come off. And yes, as we've said, he's inconsistent. It's either a 2 out of 10 or an 8 out of 10. But I think recently, Bakuna's actually been pretty decent. As I said, got the assist yesterday. Thought he was one of the better players yesterday and that wasn't too challenging given the quality yesterday. But I thought it was all right yesterday. He's had a good few games recently. Bakuna's a really tricky one because, as you say, Jamie, he, he probably is the most technical player at Blues. He's a very good player when he's on form. It's just about him getting on form and staying on form and not dropping off. Players naturally drop off, that's fair enough. Um, but to keep those minimal and ensure they don't happen too often and for too long. So, yeah, I I, I, I quite like Bakuna as a player. I think he's a good player to have at the club, whether he starts or as backup. I'm happy either way. Mm-hmm. Um Ignoring the cross for Dini. Yes, it was a bad moment, but plenty of players have bad moments. Um, I think he just needs to get on form and stay on form. I think the issue with Baka for me 
is that he is by far the best player at Birmingham City at putting the ball in behind for a centre-forward to run on. However, the issue now lies is that Kedra and Hogan are both injured, so you've got Norman Pace who's going to play at top because yeah. I don't see him yeah, starting George point. Ball as a yeah. centre-forward. Just, so just I think to maybe say it's... it is time to rest him. No, I, but again, against Swansea, it was a fantastic through ball from him through to Chong, wasn't it? Swansea, mm -hmm. I thought he had a good get. I think Bakuna's been decent of late. Um, he has frustrating moments, but I think he's been putting in good performances recently. Hmm. Yeah, I probably saw him with you there, Zach. Yeah. Mm. I, if we're going to play Chong up front, I'm all for it. But I mean, if you're going to have, just have slow mm. strikes up front, I think he becomes very moot at that point. Because Chong, like, however, though. He's getting someone in behind. Yeah, I understand the pace and the, you know, it's just the desire, I think, for Chong if we're going to play him up front and also perhaps some of his finishing as well because he's done well this season, actually. He scored three goals, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's good. You know, he's getting some return now. Um, he got one against Reading, one against um, Swansea. And uh, who's the other one he scored against? He definitely has scored three this season. Um, Absolutely certain of it. While I think of that, I'm going to continue my point. Um, I feel like he's just one of those players, though, who is much more better creatively, you know, trying to just do a simple job like Deeney, for example. Like, he's just a ruthless finisher, he is. I think majority of the time, Deeney, though, he's just meant to be that type of striker. And that's what's kind of frustrated me with him this season is because the fact that he's always tried to drop into the midfield said this earlier in some earlier podcasts he drops into midfield rather than playing on the shoulders of the defense and then you can set him free in on goal scores 1v1s Troy Deeney is absolutely fantastic at and that's why I was quite surprised yesterday when he tried to lift it over obviously he's trying to um, miss out the keeper but yeah just I feel like a bit of power probably could have put us back in front then um, but yeah I, I would I wouldn't play Chong up front. I uh, wouldn't um, drop Bakuna anytime soon either because I feel like he's. It's a risk that you take when you drop players like that who's been so involved with the first team. It's just annoying for me when I go back on my Jordan James thing is now that we're probably not even going to put him in the team. Like, uh, we'll put Hannibal instead in instead where Jordan James probably could play a better role in that. Whereas Hannibal's better going forward, isn't he? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think Hannibal is is probably better going forward. I think um I think as you said, Bakuna probably didn't didn't deserve to be dropped and shouldn't be dropped. Um, because as you said, he's been regular first team action of late. Bielik obviously injured at the moment or looks like he will be. I'd be amazed if he was available for Norwich. Um, so I'd say keep him in the team. Mm -hmm. Where'd you play him? I've seen Bakuna play centre defensive mid in Bielik role, and he's actually done half all right there and made some important tackles. Yeah, I, I, I think Bakuna I, I, needs yeah. space around him. If he put him in a position where he'll get a bit of space, he will flourish. But maybe he's the press player. You know, they say every team has that player that they know when they get the ball to do the press on to attack. Maybe Bakuna's that player. As soon as he gets the ball, the whole team just starts pressing. They yeah, move I, 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 I think I agree. I agree. I think. I think. I think. For me, Bakuna central midfield because we already set up so defensively in a five back. Um, so I'm more than happy to have the contrast of one defensive midfielder in Hannibal uh, and one more going forward player in Bakuna. Um, so I think centre mid is probably his best position. Yeah, uh, it was Middlesbrough by the way. Chong got his third goal against. So Reading, Middlesbrough, and Swansea. Yes, so he, if he was to vote for us. At least he has got some goals to prove that. Because last mm. season he hadn't. He'd only got one. I'm pretty sure against that was against Bristol City. Uh, second part of the question. Uh, also, Norwich and Luton coming up is one point from these games. Realistic twelve points to get for, to fifty. Uh, wherever the next four wins, hoping they come from wins, is coming from you. Uh, in your opinion? Yeah. Um, good question. I think. Um... So That's Norwich and Luton, uh, Norwich and Luton are our next two games. I think uh, it's tough. It's tough because am I right in saying Norwich have slightly slipped up of late, or aren't doing too? Norwich are ninth. Ninth, yeah. I think going away from home, especially with the form we're on on a Tuesday night when we are always shocking midweek, I can't see us getting anything from Norwich. Luton at home, we always seem to do well against Luton. Yes, they're having a good season, but we do mm. always seem to do well against Luton. I think we can pick up at least a point from one of those two. I'd be a, I'd be surprised if we won either of them, but I think we can certainly get a point. And I think it's a good question, where are these next four wins coming from? Because where the hell are they coming from? 
Let's be well, honest. To give like, you a it's... little bit of a worrying thought, we've still got to play some of the teams below us, which are Wigan away on March 4th, Rotherham, who are still below us on March 11th. Uh, we've also got to play Stoke on 10th of April and also Blackpool on the 22nd of April. So uh, a lot those wins, they need to be wins, those games, don't they? 100%. We've slipped up big time. Big time in losing to both Cardiff and uh, Huddersfield. We've really thrown away a golden opportunity to wheel away. So we need to be beating the likes of Wigan, Rotherham, Blackpool um, and hoping we can get to 12 points because, yes, there are about 13 games left in the season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I just don't know if we can get the four wins. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see, won't we? I just want to look at the league table very quickly. Yeah, we're currently sitting 18th with 38 points. We've won 10, drew 8 and lost 14. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, we're at home. We're 18th. This you is literally home. are, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the gap, to be honest, is still fairly big. It's seven points yeah. at the moment. We're on 38. Huddersfield are on 31. Um, Stoke are just below us on 37. Cardiff are now on 35 after they beat Reading in midweek. Rotherham are on 33. Then in the bottom three is Huddersfield and Blackpool. Actually, Huddersfield, Blackpool and Wigan are all on 31. So, um, not not to do my usual steering away from the topic of conversation but in terms of how we compare this season to previous seasons what do we think because in my opinion we are playing slightly better football but at the end of the day we're still near the relegation zone we're still 18th in the league we've got a similar amount of points to what we've had in previous seasons maybe even less in some seasons for me, it just seems like a carbon copy of the last six or seven years, and it's infuriating. And I don't know if you agree. You might think we've had a better season because we have got a, we've had a few performances in there, QPR, West Brom, that have been fantastic. But coupled with those fantastic performances, we've also had some stinkers: Cardiff, Huddersfield. Yeah. So, what do we think? Do we think this season's been better than other seasons? About the same? Do we think it's been worse? What 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 do we think? I mean, I think it's not been that bad, really, considering how bad it could have got at the start of the season. I mean, everybody had us to go down. I mean, even I was thinking, like, this is it. This is definitely the season. Like, we've got no... Yeah, we're, we're done for. We are literally... They've got yeah. nobody coming in through the door. It's just going to be one of those seasons. We've got rid of uh, Bowie. We've got Eustace in. The team just looked flat at the start of the season. We've made some signings through Richardson, but as soon as they've... Um, pulled out. We've not made a single signing since. Well, no, we have. Sorry, we've made Longello, but even then, it was peanuts, really. Um, I just think, though, that the thing that really this season has lacked is consistency. And we can all see that. You know, it's the team that have just like performed fantastically, like against West Brom. And then the last two games, you know, against Cardiff and Huddersfield, where the games we really should be winning is the ones that we lose, which is just so typical. But that is why I believe that we do not have a very um, we don't have a very full squad, really, because you consider like Bielik and Dini might be injured now. The replacements are very thin. So those players, when they get injured, we're looking a bit like, Ugh, what do we do now? And that's why I feel like, you know, we can play a back four. We can move Trusty into left back. But there again, if that's not working, we have to move into a back five. Trusty's not still the left back. He then moves into a centre back position. So I think we haven't got a very um, full squad. We need... Um, we needed that investment, and of course, every team needs more players to survive. Um, but I don't think it's been that bad this season. Like I said at the start, you know, considering like how bad we could have been, we've done all right. To be fair, it's a, it's just a pain that we're always doing the exact same as we have been doing for these last six seasons, isn't it? And that's where the apathy settles in for most of the fans, isn't it? And this is a frustrating thing. I almost feel it's a lack of ambition from not only the club and players, but the fans. It's We have been in this position where we're near the relegation zone, but just above it, 17th, 18th, 19th, for years. When the hell are we going to start moving forward and progressing? It's not as if... Or moving as if backwards even, and going down. I know, but it's not even as if we finish like 14th one season or 15th or 16th. It's always 17th and below. It's always near enough the last day it comes down to to whether we'll survive. There just seems a huge lack of ambition. And I don't want us as a club to settle for 
mediocrity because it's just mediocre, mediocre, mediocre mm. season after season after season. We need to start progressing and we need to start pushing forward. And some fans are saying relegation to League One, but that's a huge step back. Mm. We need to be pushing forward and not settling for 17th is decent. Oh, we weren't in a relegation scrap this year. We need to be moving forward as a club because every year it gets worse and worse or it stays exactly the same. So, yeah, we're playing better football slightly. We've had decent results in there, but at the end of the day, it's a results-based bit of business and we're in the exact same position we are most years on the exact same points. It's something needs to change soon, I think. Mm. Jamie? He's right. What more can you say? Like it's it's just been another season of normality, really, hasn't it? Like, have we progressed? I don't know, but I think I was reading a lot of posts yesterday saying time for Eustace to go. It's not his fault. How are you meant to run a club when and run a team when you've got the fucking board in disarray as it is? Like again, we're circling back to the age old point, boys. BSH, BSHL need to fuck off because we're sick of it. Like yeah. six years now, we've been working the same place. Like we're bored, we're stuck, and you're right, Tommy. We're either just going to end up going down at some point. It's going to happen. We can't keep yeah, hitting above relegation like we are. I am still absolutely gobsmacked how we've stayed in the division for so long. I thought I, the one I was definitely thinking of actually that we were, we were definitely for the chop was the Karanki season. I thought mm-hmm. that's it. We're relegated now because we were playing. I mean, we we're, we're playing pretty shit at the moment we weren't playing as badly as we were under Karanka oh. fuck me we were playing like absolutely atrociously we couldn't even mm-hmm. contain the ball for more than two seconds like every single attack that they had was almost a goal so we've got that to be fortunate for in this whole you know calamitous how shit can the blues be sort of world but you know like I am amazed that we haven't been relegated really that's the bottom line of that yeah, I'm I'm amazed as well. We've we flirted with relegation for years now and we, we seem to avoid it every season, I think. And this is a thing, this again, we're in a situation where it could happen this season. We're certainly not out of out of the woods yet. I just want blues to start moving forward because we've just been stagnant and it just feels we've lived the last seven eight years on repeat it's 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 not good we are the second city we are the second biggest city in the country we carry the the city's name we we need to be aiming much much higher than we currently are because i feel we're just settling for average to below average seasons and that's not what we want we want excellent High end passion brewing. I feel the passion brewing, Zach. I feel the. It do. It's just infuriating. Like it's just becoming so unbelievably frustrating now. And like since I I've been a fan in 2014, I've I've experienced no different. I miss the Premier League days. I miss the cup run. So I'm kind of accustomed and used to this. But it's getting to the stage of just had enough now. And (laughs) Blues fans I know have supported the club for 50, 60 years. Have suffered far longer than myself, but. It's just so frustrating to see the same things week in, week out, season on season, and nothing like nothing is happening to it. Nothing. It's just, just, just depressing, isn't it? I've got a question that me and my me and my dad and my brother were talking about yesterday. Which was the bigger mistake, sacking Rowett or sacking Monk? Rowett, I think 100% Rowett. Rowett. That's where it's all stemmed from. It all started at the sacking of Rowett when we were, what, seventh in the league? Mm. Come on. It's all started from then. And since then, it has been declined, declined, declined. And although Monk is probably the best period we've had in the last seven, eight years, even then, we were about 14th, 15th in the league. We weren't much higher. With Rowett, we were seventh. And yes, the performances under Rowett may not have been pretty but it's a results-based bit in the business and we were right up there um so I I think given that it started from Rowett and it hasn't been good since yeah I think mm. Rowett is the biggest mistake the club's made I'm gonna very long time. I'm gonna um actually object to that I'm gonna say that Monk is the biggest mistake because Rowett I mean I was absolutely shocked and amazed when it got announced and obviously we went through that dreadful period with Zola and Redknapp and Cottrell but they made it right by putting Monk back in charge you know what I mean so they got a good manager back out of the miracle that was you know after that happened we were bottom at Christmas so managing to get Gary Monk in was great kept us up 
got us playing some good football, has some really good connection back with the fans. End of the season, we all knew that Chai Adams was going to leave. That was fair enough. We needed the money at the time. And obviously, teams were always going to snap him up anyway. So I was accepting of that. And then when Gary Monk left or was sacked, it was like they've done it again. So you can make a mistake at once, do it twice, and then you've made it even worse. And like we've been bad, obviously, between that period between Rowett and Monk. We've gotten even worse since then. So that's why I definitely think we've gotten worse since. That, that's the bigger mistake. And also, we lost our captain. We lost Jota, our playmaker. And we also lost our uh, striker and manager. So we lost four main key components of that team in that yeah. transfer window. So we were just completely and utterly, it was the worst mistake that they've made. That's I don't I disagree. I think there are arguments for both sides and I certainly don't disagree with anything you've said there. But what was the reasoning for sacking Gary Monk? I swear there were some... Uh... Um, yeah, there were some agents. Quite important of, re- reasons. Yeah. I think he was trying to sign Bellingham under his own agency. That's yeah, there was it. there was something. I, I I think if that hadn't happened, he certainly would have still been about. I think if, if I'm not respect, mistaken, there were some dodgy things. Um, yeah, d- but Gary Monk was fired by Birmingham City after a dispute over the use of his own agent in so many of the club's transfer deals. So. I think if certainly that 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 wasn't happening, Gary Monk would never have been sacked. I think it's more that there was just some dodgy things going on that shouldn't have been happening, um, and he was sacked for that reason. But I certainly don't disagree. I think there's arguments to both sides. For me, I'd still say Rowett was the most pivotal just because of where we were in the league and how we were getting on. Um, and you're right, though, Tommy, to make the same mistake again, whether he was sacked for... Uh, sacked for the, the the things that were going on behind the scenes. It's almost irrelevant, really. Whatever happened, it should have you know maybe try and been resolved. But yeah, we've just we've made some poor decisions in the past that have cost us greatly, and we're we're still suffering the consequences to this day. Anything to add to that, Jamie? What do you think, right or Monk? It's tough, isn't it? Like uh, they were both great. That's the issue. Like mm. I think it was just as appalling for fucking both, really. I am going to sit on the fence and say they're both as bad as each other, the sacking of them. You know, like, especially, like, don't get me wrong, Monk went at the end of the season, so there was still the in-between stage yeah. that happens. Sacking someone when you're seventh in the league, mid-season, after a win, the night before as well, we fucking beat Ipswich or someone to yeah. Monk yeah. at the game. Yeah, you're right. Which is an even bigger piss take. You've just won a game, you're seventh in the league, you're pushing playoffs, and you've just fucked your manager off. What? Why? Yeah, oh, that so goes to where... Pretty, but it was great. Yeah. We were winning games. It was dirty. It was fantastic. That was the most Birmingham City Birmingham City have been for the last 10 years. It was slug ass. Slug the performance in. Work your ass off. Walk away with three points. Or if a team's getting a point against you, never hunt it. They have yeah. a point. It definitely felt like that under Rowett. It was proper entertaining football. It's not like it is now or has been in the last seven seasons. Monk was an exception, of course, but even then that was only for a season. And you consider the time period as well that Rowett did. So he took over after Clark after that incredible 8-0 loss to Bournemouth. And in the three seasons he was there with us, he managed to get us up to seventh when he was last with us. So that's a, that's some record to turn that round, really, because we were absolutely appalling under Lee Clark. Exactly, like, and going back to your thing of I don't understand, like, I'm still gobsmacked to how we stayed in this league for this long. Big six foot three guy that plays on the bench sometimes for blues is that reason. It's called Djokovic, <laughs> animal. Yeah, man. He's literally all he was a rabbit tiny. Yeah, exactly. Best no, as I couldn't remember the price tag at the bloody quiz, but the best million pound we spent in a very long time. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, where are they now, Millwall? Are they fifth or something like that? They're doing well, Millwall. Although, did they lose? They won. Oh, did they win? Yeah, I think. Yeah, they won in the last minute. Yeah. yeah. Bradshaw was it? Was on that Jane Fleming won it? Sorry. Can we also can we also just point out as well? Luton are fourth. Sunderland are in League One last season, a fifth, and Millwall are sixth. Like those teams aren't exactly anything special. I mean, like we we drew against Millwall. We drew against both Millwall and Luton, so you know why can't we? Why can't we be like that? That's fine. Luton are in the playoffs. We'll fucking win them next Saturday. That's <laughs> exactly, fine. Yeah. Not rich or a We'll probably amazing. get a result there. Yeah, this is a frustrating thing. Cause this team's capable of so much more, and they're 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 just 
doing it as they please. So it's it's oh, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. I think we need to just it's so blues, so blues. We just need to become a more consistent side. End of. Mm. We can't have people turning on management now. Eustace can only do what he can only do. I think sacking him at the end of the season is rinse and repeat. We need to try and stick with the manager now. See, I did pose that to your last podcast, I think, and you both said, no, we won't get sacked. I mean, knowing this board, if they've got somebody else lined up, they'll do it. I'm absolutely certain of it. Yeah, I, I no, think that would agree. be the... I also think, though, they know with the protests at the minute that that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back now, and it will, it will go from peaceful protests. We know what these fan bases is like. It will go from a very peaceful protest to leave our club to people will start fucking up stadiums and stuff, and it won't be nice. People mm. will become really bitter at that point, and it will turn horrid for I, them. I, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think the majority of the fan base don't want Eustace out, but there's certainly, you know, that these there are a few who do want him gone, um, and I think you do have to start to ask the question in that. Why is he able to get a result with this team one week and not the next? And and let's be honest, since the World Cup, we have been dismal. We've been really, 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 really bad. And before the World Cup, we were really, 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 really good. And it's a similar set of players. So why is Eustace able to get results one week and not the next? It's, it's inconsistency. So, yes, I like Eustace a lot. I want it to work out for him. I don't want him to get sacked. But there's questions to be asked there. Why is he able to pull out a performance one week and not the next? So, yes, BSHL, BSHL are to blame for the dying of the club and like the majority of things that are going wrong. But Eustace shouldn't be protected in this bubble where he's the greatest and everything. He he has to take he he deserves some of the criticism he's getting because the results haven't been good enough. Players and manager have to take responsibility for that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just difficult, but things need to pick up, and he 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 can he's the man who can who can pick things up. Yeah. Of course, but if you're used to, especially let's take yesterday's game for example, people will say we lost the game. You need to go. Eustace's whole reply will be like, I can't help Troy missing two one on ones. I can't help it in the post. I can only put eleven men on the pitch, and they can only do what I'm telling them to do. We're making chances. We're not scoring. He can't help. He can bring the eleven players, and yes, his wing back tactics are dull, and we're sick of it. And hopefully he will bloody change it. But yeah, and he, he has to and he does take responsibility. I hope he does anyway. I hope he's not a dickhead manager. I hope he doesn't Nathan Jones the life out of him and tell me that he's the best in Europe. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, he can only help putting eleven players on the pitch. He can't help if they're rolled up for West Brom and then the next day can't be fucked to kick a ball against Cardiff. He can only do See, I, I think I think he can help that. I think I think that comes down to the captain though as well. I think it comes down to the, the captain, the management, the the way things are run. For, I think 100% a manager can heavily impact the mood of the players and the motivation of the players and how they set out and perform every game. I think you say um the missed chances and we were creating against Huddersfield, but Cardiff, we hardly created a thing. There's been oh, no, instances no. this season where we, you know, have been, have been poor. I am not disagreeing with you. I, I am not disagreeing with you. I, uh, I just hope that it was a bad dream, Cardiff. I still can't even yeah, think about oh, that. That is, that is two Awful. hours and I feel like I'll never get that. Right. <laughs> One shot on target it was, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I was pretty sure that shot on target wasn't even anything behind as well. It was just like a pass to the goalkeeper. I think it was just a shit header from a corner. Like, and I think it, it might have been, yeah. Bubbled. It might have been. Like, you know, the problem is... Just yeah, I don't know. Maybe is it the board impacting the manager, impacting the players in terms of Eustace isn't going to be as motivated because he was promised of all this takeover, promised of all this money pre World Cup, promised of all this, and then it's all capitulated in front of him. And then the potential of a new owner has come into play with this. What I can't remember what his name was. Dale was it? Jeremy Dale. Jeremy Dale. And then obviously that's come about around the West Brom game and the Swansea game. Performance have come out of nowhere. That's fell apart again because no one's heard fuck all about that for the last few weeks. Performance mm. has fell apart again. Maybe the whole club just can't be asked anymore because they're sick of, oh, we're going to get money. No, it's gone again. Oh, we're going to get money. Oh, it's gone again. Are we going to get paid this week? Um, oh, fucking hope so. Like, <laughs> it must be horrible mm. being a player or a manager for Birmingham City, Zach. Yeah. We all know I- this. Yeah, they must think playing for that football club. God, this is fuck? such hard work. Yeah. It is. It really is. And I, I really agreed with what you said last week, actually, on the podcast, is the fact that you said that um, 
Oh, I literally, I had it in my head and it's not. You've seen he's good. <laughs> it's really embarrassing. My mind has just gone blank. I can only think of that motorbike. Everyone listening to the Bruce Focus pod just know that Tommy can't give me a compliment. So he's about to, and his brain just shit itself. Then I went, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to no, do no. it, man. <laughs> oh, man. It was something to do with the owners. We were talking about it. I can't remember now. It's really pissed me off. Uh, Jamie said this. Yeah, he did. He, it was something about the owners that he got nailed on, really. It was the fact something to do with like the investments within them. I, I can't remember it now. It's, honestly, know. that's the biggest mind blank I've ever had. <laughs> oh, fuck it. I can't be bothered. <laughs> you know, just, if you do find it, just go back to the old pod and just insert the clip or something. So yeah, the, in, the clip will be inserted here right now. Unless I just miraculously rem- Unless Tommy just was. made up some absolute random fact about me and that. I don't remember saying it. I probably did say it because I'm just... Uh, my ball knowledge is on point. You know what I mean? So. What the fucking thing it was. Oh, I forgot. That's really annoyed me. Right. Norwich, let's talk about that before I end up having an episode. I can't remember what the thing was. It will come back to me eventually. Let's talk about Norwich. Are we going to... Yeah. Norwich, no, we won't be Norwich, um, despite them sitting mid-table um, or ninth. Um, I still think they've got some good players and they're a good team and we're on shocking form, we're playing shocking football midweek away from home. Uh, we're not going to win, I don't think. I'm going to go a 2-0 Norwich. Jamie? 1-1. I think okay. we'll just get a point. We'll somehow scramble a point now. Because it's typical us that we're going to get shit on by the teams we're meant to be, and then Norwich comes about and we actually turn up and get a point. Well, yeah, maybe, maybe it will be one of them games where they roll themselves up and want revenge for the absolute horrific two-one loss that they didn't, you know, last time. And yeah. I'm really hoping that Ono Hernandez comes on the pitch, and I'm god hoping that Manny Longello just double foots him for his new cap. <laughs> You'll be a fan of him then, won't you? Yeah, week three of asking Manny, give him a follow. Come on, <laughs> Cheers, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i'm not too optimistic i mean I, i'm saying it's going to be very blues if we do that but there again i'm still not very optimistic that it's actually going to happen um i i think yeah i think 2-1 again in a in a really annoying sense i feel we can score i definitely think we can um if we start Djokovic, i think we've got a better chance anyway um but yeah i just don't think that I think they've got a sort of bit of quality about them, Norwich, to be fair. They are just, um, yeah. they have just come down for the Premier League, haven't they? Um, but yeah, four hour journey it is for me that nice, bloody Nora. Um, I've still not, we're still not worked out what we're actually doing together, so whether we're going to stay over or not. I think we're just going to go there and back, but <laughs> God bless my dad, honestly, for driving four hours and four hours oh, there yeah, and four right. hours back. Fuck me. You're we're going to be back right. about four o'clock in the evening or something. God, honestly. Yeah, it, we need a win for just just for him. So uh, if you're watching any other players, you know, do it for me, Dad. You know, <laughs> Come on. Um, also as well, actually, interesting thing. Uh, Protest wise, it's like there's not been any this season away, have there? It's all been at home. I think yeah, I've, yeah. I think the reason for that is you don't have the volume of people. Um, you know, two thousand won't make as much as much of an impact as fifteen thousand. Um, and I think as an an away game there's not necessarily anyone to direct it to so obviously at Blues you can go down to the um along the cop and direct it towards the um sort of people sitting in that area but in an away game there's not really anyone to necessarily direct it to so I think it makes it trickier yeah I wonder whether like the cameramen there will be interested in just like if we get a banner we just sort of hold it up at the start of the game you know because that's when the cameras are always sort of looking for things and there, there will always be because I noticed this with Sky, obviously, they were out on the car park on the um, West Brom game um, interviewing people. So they are looking for stories all the time. So if we give them the story to make and we tell them that we've got this protest going on at the side of the pitch, um, you know, pan the cameras to us, you know, get the interests going again. Because, I mean, like, if we let this die flat again, like, well, that's three times now we've done these protests and still no change. You know, it's just, it feels like we need to get things cracking again and i don't know we're running out of ideas i think yeah i think um it is tricky they seem stubborn bshl bshl Mm. i think we could almost protest to the end of time and they'll do it on their terms um i'm not saying that makes protesting pointless because it certainly doesn't it gets the message out there and it it does get us it it gets our voices heard but I, i i don't know it's just 
We need to do as much as we can, don't we? I always think home yeah. games are the best to do it because I think strength in numbers is certainly a real thing. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. there's no reason why away at Norwich can't hold up a banner and, and get some attention that way. The problem, the problem is, especially like you said there, Zach, like, what would it take for them to sell? And on their terms, they had their terms. We had an agreement and then they exercised their right to back out the fucking deal anyway, the arseholes. Mm. So, like, no matter how they do it, you know, we've literally got a formulated plan for the first time ever. We're going through it. Richardson Lopez have come in, started doing stuff, and then out of nowhere, they've actually said on the website, didn't it? The owners have exercised their right to back out of the deal. So they've gone, now. Nah. Yeah. Right. They need to be kicked out. That's the biggest thing. Like buying a share in the whole entire investments, they're buying that 25% share. It's just going to drag on forever. And if we need speed in this whole entire process, then that's not going to be the case. They need to be investigated by the AFL and they need to be kicked out of the club, really. Because if what Almagiro has been putting on his website is all true, which I'm pretty certain it is, because considering the amount of work that man does, then again, where is the investigation? I know you said this last podcast. I have actually have remembered this now, Jamie. It says that there might be an investigation going on. Ah, um, yes. There might be an investigation going on anyway in the background that we're not aware of. But if it is, you know, like, can it not be discussed? You know, what's the big deal with that? You know, I understand, obviously, with Manchester City, you know, there's been a 10 year investigation, of course, into them. But even then, there were still sort of rumours going about that they were being investigated. I remember in 2019 when Wolves were being investigated for their agencies, obviously because they got all the Portuguese players players in for very cheap in the championship. League and us Wolverhampton. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) literally. So they they were sort of investigated. News was circulating around at the same time that there was stuff going on both with Man City and Wolves. But... There's nothing that I've seen from Blues. There's literally nothing. There's no investigations. There's not been a rumor of any sort. You know, it's, what what's going on? Like, are they are they innocent of all these things? You know, Shouldn't what's going on? Are they fuck? Yeah. Are they fuck innocent about this? Not a chance. Like, I did. I, I'm just holding. If I'm honest, I was clutching at pure hope when I said it, Tommy, and I still am. Like. I'm really hoping the Apple are not stupid enough to hear the shit we've been saying for the last seven years now and saying, you know, I'm sure the EFL must look at some point and go, well, they had Carson Young. He was pretty fucking bad when he was under house arrest. Oh, now they've got these other owners. They complain about them owners as well. Maybe we should take a look at it. I'm hoping they're not being twattish enough. And they deducted us points. I'm hoping they're not idiots enough to just side-eye and blind-eye this one. Because if they have, it's a joke. So I'm hoping in some way that there has been some investigation going on for the last couple of months, or at least it's a Sky Sports thing where Sky reporters are talking to people, including yourself, and they went, oh, fuck, maybe we should look into this now. Yeah. You can't make this much noise with this much stuff going on at different football clubs. We're not the only club in this dire strait. But no. we're getting, like, you know what I mean? At some point, clubs are going to start folding like Berry, and we don't want to end up like more. that. So... Mm. Yeah, don't disagree at all. Um, Come on, yeah, Jono, man. We need insight from you now. Ah, <laughs> uh, they're definitely not innocent. Um, the, the the lack of in. Uh, I think someone commented on the previous podcast actually that there might be some sort of investigations going on. The thing is, I don't look too deep into it until I see it's fully like official. This is happening because. I'm so done with so many rumours and so many false stories and so many different things being said and nothing actually really being done. So I do take these things with a pinch of salt. But if there are investigations going on, brilliant. If not, they need to happen. And sorry, the mood's not too high, fellas. I'm so done with talking about shit performance, shit off the pitch, shit everywhere. Just, oh, we need a bit of positivity as fans, don't we? I'll bring up some positivity then, uh, just because this has come up off the top of my mind after looking at myself and my profile picture. Um, what is your ideal blues kit? <laughs> ideal blues kit, that's a question. What is the ideal blues kit? What we'll are my favourite well. kits? We'll go oh. as well. Brand, style, and then like colour. Oh, I like it. I like it. Oh, One of my favourite kits recently, and it's not just because Jude Bellingham wore it, but that season, that Gary Monk season, I think the yellow trimmings were really clean and quite unique for a kit. Um, Mm. I've certainly, I think that's one of the only kits that yellow's really been used on a a Blues home shirt. I love that shirt. I think I'm very much for a a clean, minimalist design. I don't like too much going on. I love the royal blue with the badge, 
sponsor something up here and then maybe like a small design somewhere um oh ideal blues kit yeah something along the lines of um that gary monk era kit um and just maybe some small changes and small tweaks so maybe like an adidas brand uh yeah i think the three stripes are quite iconic aren't they mm. i think adidas is always the best sponsor to have for a football shirt they seem to produce banging kits I'll tell you who do um uh is it Oh, who's Brentford's sponsor? I want to say Hummel, but I might be wrong. What is what is it? No, it's Umbra, yeah. I think. I think it's Umbra. Let me have a look. Bristol City. Oh, no, are they sponsored by them? I'm... Yeah, Bristol City or Hummel. Yeah, Hummel um, kits are always really nice. Brentford or Umbra, um, yeah. Are they? Oh, okay. Um, but no, uh, I think Hummel always produce good, good kits. But I think um, Adidas, the three stripes are just iconic. So, yeah, I'd go for an Adidas sponsor. Um, which we were sponsored by them that season, weren't we? And then, mm. uh, yeah, just worked with that sort of 2019-20, I think it was, template design, yeah, yeah. whatever season it was. Jamie, what's yours? I loved the first season we went down, that yellow away kit. Mm. Yeah, the Europa you know League one, one yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I know which one. I, I thought that was gorgeous. Hmm. I just like that. Of... I just always that was always stuck and gone. That is fire. What in, in terms of a home kit? Of... What would you think? Well. Why not that kit, but just the blue colorway? Yeah. Yeah, I could do that actually. Yeah. Mm. So or, be... or the, you know the Ireland Cup winning kit was always gonna. Always yeah. Gonna... That was quite nice. See, I've always been a bit frustrated in the last few seasons that the blue's not been quite right. It's been a bit too yeah. light. Yeah, um, you're right. So, yeah, I would definitely go for a darker blue. Um, I'd, I wouldn't even be against to go really dark blue at one point, um, just to spice things up. Um, but I think something like, just sort of out there at times, I've come up with loads of ideas. I came up with like dark blue shirts, dark blue shorts, and then like navy socks, just thinking about the outside the box, like some crazy ideas. Um, we did this at the start of the season, actually, on our Twitter account, um, uh, Make Your Own Kit. We'll be doing it again at the end of the season. Um, but I've got an idea, basically, um, for the winner of who is voted the most. So the winner, whoever came up with it, will actually get their own print in the kit. So they'll get the shirts and everything. So I'm thinking of that for an idea. So let us know if you'd be interested in joining in on that because we could definitely... I'd have to compete because that would be sick. That's a great could, idea. You could think of like mocking up a kit. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be the best quality because Blues Focus doesn't have all the budget in the world. But we definitely could make you up a, a, a Blues Focus uh, Birmingham City kit that you've made on Twitter after you've won the competition. Um, you know, l let us know if you're interested in that down in the comments down below because... I loved doing it last year. It was fantastic. It was really good just to sit and make some kits for a bit. Um, but yeah, we'll definitely do that again this season. Um, in terms of my favourite kit, I just think the Penguin kit is just iconic. You know, it's just so blues. It's just, it's absolutely nailed on. I love the Penguin kit so much. It was the first ever kit I had, the 0708 kit, uh, the Capo kit, as I always used to call it, because um, I could just see Olivier Capo stood in the kit there. It was just amazing. It was a perfect blues kit. I'd love to see it return, really. I know that some people think it's outdated or old-fashioned. I would love to see the Penguin kit back. And also, oh, I'd have... Um, I'd, I'd like the opposite, in a way, shirt as well. So you'd have, like, um, blue down the middle and then white on the outsides. Blue shorts, white socks. I'd love something like that. That would look awesome. I'd really, I'd really be a fan of that. If you want me to design it for you, let me know. <laughs> I'll design it for you, blues. I really will. Ah. anything else before we wrap up or any more kit suggestions I think we're good I think we've covered everything aren't we <laughs> yeah. anything else Jamie you're all good yeah no, I, think, I think we're all sorted aren't we like... mm -hmm. it's another depressing week at the Blues isn't it yeah it's every fucking week mate it's every <laughs> week <laughs> I know but it's every fucking week isn't it <laughs> honestly man honestly so Thank you for watching this episode of the Blues Focus podcast. Unfortunately, we won't be back after the Norwich game. Uh, I'm in Edinburgh, unfortunately, these uh, three days afterwards. A uh, bit of a city break for a bit. Um, been well overdue, really. Um, so I assume we'll be back after the Luton game. Uh, first three o'clock kickoff for a while, I think it is. When was the last three o'clock kickoff we had? Uh, oh, Preston? Yesterday. 
yeah, home, home game, you mean? Yeah. Preston? Was it Preston? I think it might have been. I love how Jamie always gets really excited whenever he gets us on our hooks. <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's a three o'clock kickoff. Hopefully, we'll be back afterwards. Um, and maybe we might have two wins on our cards. Typical Blues, that would be. Lose to the two worst performing teams in the league and then beat the two, well, two, two of some of the best teams in the league. Um, but yeah, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Be sure to like and subscribe if you've enjoyed. Thank you, Jamie and Zach, for joining me once again. It's been a pleasure. And uh, keep right on. Keep right on. <laughs>